Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, your favorite host, the only one that you all care about, I know, Melon. I'm joined by Mike. How are you, mate? Not bad, Melon. Uh, favorite host, you know what? You might actually be right because <laughs> so if you take a look at our uh, our Instagram page, there is get to know your hosts and there's myself, Melon and Raf. And uh, so far, I believe Melon somehow I, it might be pity. It might be pity. But so far, <laughs> Melon has the most likes and interactions for his post or whatever. But pity. I'll take it. I'll take pity. I'm not above it. I'm not too proud. <laughs> I'm, what is it uh i'm so i'm so cocky that i that i'll or i'm so cocky and humble that i'll tell you about it or something like that i don't know somewhere along those lines. <laughs> oh god have you been mate how's your week been i know you've been really getting after it with the training we've had some amazing conversations offline and i've really appreciated when you've been able to join in uh with our episode last week but uh how are you how's it all going you, I know you don't have to tell any details, but just big picture, you know? Yeah, finished uh, re- very strong, to say the least. Um, had a uh, really good speed bump in the middle there, uh, like anybody does. But, you know, great great teams and great leaders come together and your pride and your ego get checked at the door and do a self-assessment first. Instead of, you know, pointing the finger, you got to point the thumb and say, well, what did I contribute to this problem? And everybody has to do that. And then we went around the room and we're like, okay, hey, solution time. How can we all get better? And, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where there's no, like I said, no no pride and ego, but there's no rank. And it's just uh, professionals trying to figure out a solution to a very hard problem. And uh, it was good. It was good. And we fixed it in our last two days. We came together and think like i said we rebounded and 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 crushed it so was hitting training hard dude now if i'm being honest i'm not hitting anything hard i've been sleeping all weekend and just letting the body recover my my left knee my shoulder my back <laughs> both of my shins are all jacked up and just tore up <laughs> and cut up and uh my sleep schedule's been off so just trying to realign you know my 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 bio clock and trying to get that back in line and yeah it's it feels good, but almost too good. And getting back into the gym today and keep going. And it's so good. I just <clears throat> I just wrote that down instead of pointing the finger and pointing the thumb. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that before. I don't know if that's a common saying in uh, your part of the woods, but I reckon that's that is something that is missing a lot of the time. You can you can come in as a leader or as a manager <clears throat> sometimes, and you can sort of sometimes when there's a, a speed hump where there's a challenge and you've come up short, you can sometimes push a bit too much to like management speak and, you know, start the bullshit bingo with all the catch phrases from MBAs and all that sort of stuff. And sometimes you just step past the fact that there's just an, the individuals all just need to step up. The individuals just all need to do a little bit better. <clears throat> and the only way you can get people to do a little bit better is when you're like, this person needs to do a little bit better and giving that free space to, yep, <clears throat> rather than coming in and saying, you guys need to do this. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. pretty pretty powerful tool, a pretty powerful tool when you're having a hard time. And I, I, honestly, I think that you'd, I think we would all pre- prefer to be in a team that's had a hard time and has had a major adversity and has overcome it rather than a team that's cruised through the whole season without a glitch. Because you know the hard time has to come and it's better to have it and then deal with it and get it in a revision mirror, I reckon. Sure. Or ignoring the failure and ignoring the problem like, oh no, no, that that didn't happen. We're 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 good. No, we're all fine. And it's like we're clearly not good. We're drowning. <laughs> yeah. Sweep it under the rug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't work either. No, that's great. I mean, we had a we had a little master class on leadership last week and then You've gone away and you've – it's like a, a top football team, a rugby team, you know, hockey team, whatever it is. They can be like a top team 
And you're like, how come they don't win every single week? You're like, well, it's diff- A, it's difficult, and B, there's people playing against them. Hmm. The opposition also has a say in how things go, and then the, the bounce of the ball, right? Like you get you can get luck and bad luck. And the championship teams, the great the great teams full of great players we all look up to in whichever sport it is, they're the ones that are able to deal with that and come together and come come back better. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real testament when you can go through adversity and and really anything, not just work or anything, but friendships, relationships, everything like that. Yeah. That, that that's what that's the glue, that's the reinforcement is yeah, it sucks going through it at the time and it's just like this may be insurmountable, but when you have the right teammates, when you have the right partner, when you have the right friends and you can overcome it, you know, one day you turn around and look at the long list of achievements that you've done and be like, wow, look, look at all that shit that I, we made it through, you know, and it's kind of like reinforcing and proud uh, to do it. So, yeah, it was good. And, you know, I think yesterday after we, um, you and I had that great conversation, man, that was kind of like not planned at all. It was just yeah. checking in and checking on me. And, you know, it's fa- it was Father's Day here yesterday in the U.S. And, you know, it, it, by the way, that doesn't count anywhere else. Just because it's a holiday <laughs> here doesn't mean Happy Father's Day in Australia, the U.K. or anywhere. Like there's only well, one it, day. It, it is in the U.K., is I it? was just, you know, in, in our family, we don't, we, you know, birthdays and Christmas and I mean, <laughs> Annie loves all of them, whatever there is. Yeah. Halloween's now on the list, which is not really a big thing in the show, but we're not really big in a gift giving. It's like every day, be your best, be your best self every day. And all day yesterday, I was aware that there was <laughs> some Father's Day stuff going down in the US and the UK because I saw it on my feed and, you know, there was like, some really great posts from friends in the US and the UK to me, some Father's Day stuff. And <laughs> my, my wife, Cherry, heard talking right at the end of the day. And there was, she was like, did, did he just say it's Father's Day? <laughs> and I was like, no, you know, I think it's in the US or the UK. And she quickly got on her phone and she's like, oh, it's not in Australia. That's all right. It's a different day. And I thought I wouldn't even know when it is. <laughs> well... I'm yeah. sure those were good conversations that you have with some friends and everything else is very nice of them to reach out to you. Well, we had that. You and I just had such a great chat. We're talking and we just thought, man, let's just dive into this as a topic for a podcast. We're talking about building your circle, how important it is to get great relationships and add them into your life. And that's like, of all the things that you could have to be able to have a really true friend who's there for you when the shit is really going down and someone that you can call and just have a conversation with like you and I had, where you can just, you just really talk, just really, really talk. It was really clear that, you know, Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates, all the money in the world can't buy genuine friendship from people that you just hugely respect and admire and are grateful to have in your life. And so we're just talking about this sense of importance, the primacy of the relationships that you have in your life and how much they give you and how important that is when you're stuck up against material things. And I can't remember, I can't remember there was a family quote, something from mama, someone about the most important things in life, not being things. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, That's on my wall. That was my grandmother's, uh, bef- you know, before she passed. That was the one thing she talked to me about. Actually, the last conversation I had with her in person was exactly that. She pointed at it and it's been hanging in her kitchen most of her life. And she pointed at it and she said, you know, Mike, that's uh, it's very true. The most important things in life are not things. And time has proven her wise because, you know, Melon and I were talking yesterday just about the relationship that him and I have, and then also with Raph and a a bunch of other people in our circle and um, what what it really means. And like, you can't put a price on, on that, you know, and the kind of thing that brought it up was one of my, one of my best friends is uh, 
him and his wife were pregnant. And he called me the, just the other day. It was early in the morning and I'm like, you know, I'm on two hours of sleep and just running my ass into the ground and tired. <laughs> and he's like, Hey, you need to call me immediately. And I'm like, Oh no. Like I always get those text messages late at night or early in the morning. And I think it's my mom or something, you know, something with her. Yeah. 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 And I was like, Oh no. So I wake up and I call him like, dude, what's going on? And he's like, well, you know, I, I came in last night from work late and it was like 2 a.m. and I was just exhausted and my mind was everywhere. And I walked into the bathroom to take a shower and I walk out and my wife's standing there and she's like staring at me with these big eyes, kind of watery and smiles real big, nervous. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. What are you about to tell me? (laughs) And he's like, yeah. And she holds up a pregnancy test and, you know, they're pregnant. And I was just like, oh, my God, dude, I was so freaking ecstatic and just. Oh, genuinely happy for him, man. And, and he's like, yeah, I just, uh, it was no question. It was one of the first things that came to my mind is that, uh, undoubtedly I wanted, I want you to be the godfather to my, to, to my kid, you, you know, and dude, just taking a step back and realizing that honor, uh, you can't put a price on that. That's not uh, a, it's not a material thing. That's not a, it's not a price tag. It's, it's so much deeper than that, you know, and you really brought out a lot of great points about what would it take for you to consider, Hey, if something ever happened to me, then I want my, my son or daughter raised in a certain way with value in a lifestyle or something not oh well you know you're jeff bezos and you have billions of dollars so yeah i want you to raise my kid like that means nothing yeah yeah that's right we're talking both um mike and i have been we've had the privilege and the honor of being best man for people and that's very special you know like that's like In my speeches, I kept saying, yeah, I am the best man. I mean, <laughs> the official's title yeah, has been dubbed on me now. But it's like, this is my best friend. You know, this is the guy who knows me. He's known me the longest or whatever it is, you know. And that's a great thing. And it's a party and it's a celebration. It's a lot of fun <clears throat> and a huge honor. But I know that when Cherry and I were discussing about who we were going to ask to be godparents f- for our kids, that was like days and days of discussion. And it was... It's a whole other level when you're talking about this is someone that I want to be a key influence on my child for their whole life. They'll they'll have this special relationship with their godparents. And B, we know for us anyway, there's a, a real part in there tied in of, of legacy of like, what who would I want to be involved with my children and take care of them if we were both to pass away unexpectedly and like if that doesn't make things come home when you're thinking about who are these people what attributes am I looking for then nothing will because there's nothing more important than that that feeling that descends on you when you know you've got a, a new life coming and that that's that's your baby that sense of responsibility to then go to someone and ask them to be the godparent it has so much weight and so much meaning and so important. And, you know, for you to be asked by your best mate to do that is such a sign of who you are for him and who you are for his partner and so on, that that level of trust would be given to you. And this is one of these things. You can't buy a relationship where someone would be like, in exchange for this amount of money, I'll ask you to look after my kids if I die. There's no, there's no money. There's no money. There's not a number. There's not a thing that you could give me that if I was gone, I'd want someone to look after my kids. No, 100% no, zero. There's no number. There's things that are much more important than uh, bank balances and objects, and that's that's one of them. It's, I think, the biggest thing. Who do I want to look after my kids across the past? And so that's that's driving this uh, topic tonight, today, of like building your circle and the importance of relationships. 
Did you have anything else you just wanted to throw in there about that being a godfather? Again, it's not your first time, but it just you know, it's it's very hard to I don't know. I mean I've talked about this before, man. It's like very hard for, to give myself a compliment sometimes. I, like I don't know, like I just I, I just feel awkward doing it. You know, like I talked about doing something yeah. nice for myself and I end up buying like a new truck for the first time in 12 years. And it was like, Oh man. But you know, it's like, Hey man, you deserved it. You work hard, like do something nice for yourself. And it did feel good. Um, and sometimes I think we get so caught up in life and, and what we're doing and uh, just kind of mundane tasks seems like, but you know, it's those everyday interactions. And when you do spend time with, with people, you don't waste it and you really try to make quality time, you know, because mm -hmm. one thing I've learned is time is always fleeting and you never know if this is the last time you're going to see that person or they're going to see you. And it's like, what kind of, like you said, what kind of legacy are you leaving with them? What kind of memories and you know, whatever mm -hmm. else. So it's like, every time I, I hang out with somebody, I really want them to feel, um, appreciated special uh you're not wasting your time with me you, i'm not wasting mm -hmm. my time with you and and those are the type of people i really like in my circle and and i think uh just from feedback i think people really know that about me uh, that i am intentional uh when it comes to that and i think i do stand out from feedback i think i do stand out in that way so uh but to really hear really hear somebody say you know i trust you with my kid that's not even here yet uh i don't have kids <laughs> you know like i i can't tell you how many you know how many kids out there call me uncle you know which is very cool you know i have so many nieces and nephews that really aren't even family but everybody calls me uncle mike you know and and that alone when i stop and think about it is pretty special to, to think of me of like that, but I, I've never taken care of my own, um, uh, my own kid or anything like that. So just the fact that you even considered me, let alone selected me to, to do that. And such a moment, you know, is just like, wow, I'm about to be a father and my, you know, my best friend pops in my head first thing and be like, yeah, mm -hmm. he's going to be part of this kid's life, dude. Yeah. I got like choked up. I'm like, you bastard, you call me two hours of sleep and this is what you lay on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know if I could handle this right now. Uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's a, it's a, such a special thing. And I think that that strikes the heart of what we're talking about. Like what these relationships do for us and how your life is different when you have these. And I know we talked about um, mental health and support and June's still the mental health uh, month and we want to keep flagging awareness there and normalizing conversations about it. Yeah, and We talked about that analogy about the, the tightrope walker and the community and the relationships being those support strands of the net below and how strong are they and how many are they, you know, and the strength of the individual relationship and the number you have is your support network. You know, and it's going to catch you when you fall. And even just knowing it's there maybe takes away the nerves that cause you to fall. You have that confidence. You've got these great people in your life. But, um, you know, I've been thinking about some of the reasons that uh, what these relationships can bring into your life. So emotional supports, clearly one of them. You've got that support network that we just touched on. My second one is personal growth. So meaningful relationships with people that can gift us insights and perspectives we don't have into ways to grow and develop, um, to enhance or change your worldview and getting that empathy from seeing the world through someone else's eyes. So emotional support, personal growth, collaboration and teamwork. So there is not going to be any team when there's not those individual relationships inside the team. So being able to have that level of trust and communication, the ability to work with harmony with others, having creative problem solving, 
innovation and success. A lot of the stuff that you touched on in your leadership masterclass last week, Mike. And then like the overall well-being that descends on you when you know you've got these great people, great people around you that help us feel that sense of fulfillment, connection, happiness increased, reduce loneliness, reduce isolation, directly addressing a lot of the causes for mental health issues in conjunction with other um, support and treatment if you need it. But certainly positive relationships causing a sense of belonging and that enhanced sense of life satisfaction and well-being. And then, I mean, that, those, those are four personal reasons. And then a fifth one being professional advancement. So relationships, they're effective in the workplace. We're able to either generate a relationship, a strategic relationship, maybe turning into a friendship or a friendship that becomes a strategic relationship that can benefit you and cause doorways to open so that people are aware that there's someone there with your skills and your abilities, that you there's someone there who can generate these positive work environment for the team. So... Five ones that I had there was emotional support, personal growth, collaboration, teamwork, your overall well-being, and then the fifth one would be professional advancement. Hmm. It was just some some that came to mind thinking about why we want to have good relationships. Yeah. Did you have any uh, any insights into some of those or different ones that you thought of? Maybe even just while I was talking, Mike. Yeah, I think just maybe worded differently. Uh, I really like yours and how you look at it. It's like a personal and professional aspect, which is very important. Uh, He's, I wrote down our partnership. So, you know, there's a Mm. relationship, you know, that we put into there, but it's also a partnership, you know, whether it's your best friend, whether it's a significant other, uh, that's your partner. It's like, you know, hey, you, we're joining up together to tackle what's ever in front of us and also enjoy what's ever in front of us. Uh, that it's not like one dictates the other or anything like that. It's It should be a shared experience and open conversation. So uh, I put partnership, uh, trust, you know, it, it the, the minute uh, you start putting on somebody like, well, hey, you can't go do this. Uh, because you know, I don't fully feel okay with it, but I know it makes you happy, you know, kind of thing. It's like, eh, there's there's some trust issues there, right? And you know, I think now if you deserve it, then you deserve it. But I think at the same time, it's just you know, some of my best friends, some family, and everything else. You know, it's like, hey, I'm gonna go do this, and it's just like, oh yeah, of course, like that's who you are, what you do. Like I know that's your passion, and it makes you happy, and it helps make you who you are. So yeah, go, go do what you need to do and I'll be here. You know what I mean? Like that's just a, a trust thing, which is great. Uh, sharing, um, sharing, allowing you to share your time, your energy, your life, uh, with other, other things and other people, your passions, you know, like whether it's a hobby, whether it's a sport, whether it's your friends that you've known for a long time, but it's like, it's very important, like to have an understanding about sharing all of that like you can't cut that off you have to you have to be able to share we're we're humans we're emotional creatures we're we're not meant to be alone we live and thrive off connection um a lot of the time mike i reckon that holding stuff back when you're thinking oh i can't really i can't be my authentic self with this person and i can't share these these parts of me or these aspects yeah you know, that can lead to that repression and that can really impact a relationship and it can impact yourself. And those relationships we have where you can really bring your whole self and you can be your actual self with each other. Sure. They are the ones, they are the best ones, right? Like oh. I know I can really I know I can really tell you anything, you know what I mean? Like when we when we talk like yesterday, it was just literally giving you a call, having left Simon's place just to say good day and you know, an hour and a half later, I couldn't even tell you what we we're talking about. Just such a free flow, you know? Free flow. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it, Melon, is, you know, there's no questioning. There's no like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that or uh, maybe I shouldn't talk about that. It's literally just mm-hmm. a feeling. It's like, man, yeah, that's a that's a awesome point, man. I have never thought of it that way. And hey, you know what? Let's go to the next, next level on it, you know, and open some stuff up. And I always yeah. feel like I walk away just wiser 
just more at peace, less cluttered, like have better understanding about my life or what's going on. And, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's so beneficial to have those types of conversations and to have that with you or Raph or, you know, whatever it's like, again, there's no price tag, dude. I'm not paying you to talk to me for an hour, hour and a half, you know, like a psychiatrist or something like that. We're literally just two, two mates having a good conversation and walking away feeling better about ourselves and about life. It's great. Yeah. Um, the other three I had were empowerment. So having people that empower you to, to do things, you know, not to make you feel small or to make you feel not good enough or anything, but literally empowering you to take control of, of, of your decisions, your own life and, and what you're doing and what you want and what makes you happy and, you know, everything. Uh, while the other one is encouragement, uh, always encouraging you to be better. Yeah. You know, it's always sometimes a hey, sometimes people encourage you to do nothing because you're overworked, you're exhausted, you're tired, you know, and it's very clearly seen. But some people might be like, hey, I'm encouraging you to like take a break, take a knee, relax, you know, you need that as well. You need people to tell you instead of just mm. you know, like. Hey, shut up and work harder. Shut up and work harder every single day. Uh, great, right? And there's total benefits to that. But at the same time, if you don't take a knee sometimes and reassess and take a look around you and look what you're doing, um, you are gonna you are gonna have failures in other in other places. And it's important for people to let you know that. Encouragement has got really like there's a key element in it that's different than other like other um, words that you've used here. And it's got like a real big slice of kindness where there's like, you know, you want the best for the other person. It's not like you're like, I want them to crush the thing and have massive success and stuff. It's like, you know, there's like an interest in the other person and how do they feel and, and you know, how are things going for them. And like Cherry said this to me, like this is now, I think now the level our relationship is at that we – I think both of us now are prizing like kindness over every other um, way of describing the connection that we have. Mm -hmm. and like kindness is number one. So I think that's fascinating. You've included encouragement there. I reckon that's a fantastic word, Mike. Yeah. Well, just keep encouraging me to use encouragement and I will. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is honesty, man. I can't tell you how nice it is to hear the truth once in a while. And it's the truth that I need to hear versus what I want to hear. And that's very key because so many times where, you know, say I'm in a bad situation, I'm feeling bad for myself or the situation, you know, whatever it is. And I'm usually pointing the finger and it's usually one of you guys, you or Raph or, you know, Pat or Tony senior or somebody that like just grabs a hold of me and they're like, look, and it's usually something like this. Hey, you know, I love you like a brother. Hey, you know, I love you like a son. You know that, right? But listen, <laughs> and then they proceed to tell me why I'm like fucked up. You know what I mean? Because it's me. And it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, okay, you're right. I, damn, you are right. You know, but and and I don't get mad, you know. It's another one you can't buy, right? You cannot buy a relationship with Tony Senior who will sit you down and tell you honestly where, where you're having some deficiencies and things that you need to do to get better. Right. Yeah. There's, you know, that guy, just to speak on him, ever since ever since my, uh, my dad died, Tony Senior's, kind of stepped in uh, for a lot of different roles and reasons into my life and trying to be that father figure and give me a guidance. And I truly do feel like a son to him, the way he speaks to me and, and he'll call me sometimes we'll talk for two, three hours about life and what's going on and everything else. And, you know, I, I texted him yesterday for father's day, just said, Hey, I just want to let you know, like happy father's day. And I reflected on, how he's kind of been that for me, but he doesn't have to do that. You know, he's got three kids, he's got grandchildren, you know, to deal with and everything else that he's doing in his life. And 
you know, I live multiple states away, but he takes the time to like check on me and encourage me and and see how I'm doing. And, you know, he wants the best for me. And he's been to every one of my promotions. He's been to every going away party, coming home from deployment party. Like he's he's there, you know, and he's present and he gets teared up and he always has a huge hug for me, tells me he loves me. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have to do that. And, there, and there's not there's nothing I could do to ask for that. You know, it's just how I am with him and he is with me. And I'm just so grateful and appreciative of it. You know, that's just one example. So good, man. Shout out to Tony senior. What a, we've done a few episodes with him and they've all been great. Yeah. So did you have, did you have other elements there around the relationship itself? You had some great points here. I'll just recap them. Partnership, trust, sharing, free flow. I added, empowerment encouragement and honesty uh i think I mean, those are those are kind of the base the basis of a, of a relationship yeah. partnership friendship whatever you want to call it man uh i mean we could sit here and really dig down and deep into each one probably a whole episode on each but uh it, it's just the feeling really you know like you can't you can't get into a room and sit across from someone with a checklist and just start you know looking at them and be like, oh, no, okay, you're not compassionate. Oh, okay, you, you know, and you just write somebody off for it. It takes time. It takes uncomfortableness. Like, there's great times, sure, man. Like, enjoy them with the good people. But in the in the really hard times when you're backed up against the wall, tucked in a corner, and you don't know what to do, I mean, that's, that's when real people show their colors and like what's coming out and who you can talk to, who you can trust and, and what are they telling you to do in those moments? You know, like again, Tony mm -hmm. senior is like, Oh, Hey, life is shit. Well here, crack a beer, you know, like crawl, crack another one. You know what I mean? Like this will help you, bro. Like that's the last person I want in my life. Just telling me to, you know, drink my problems away. Like, Oh, that's the mm -hmm. cool, easy, easy button. Dude, my entire life uh, has never been the easy button. Uh, and I don't say that uh, I don't say that in a cocky way that, you know, that's how I live my life. I've just had to work for absolutely everything I've had. You know, my parents both worked and tried to give me the best life that they could. And I'm so appreciative of the things that they did and the values that they taught me and respect and you know, growing up and, um, you know, having to work for my first car, uh, leaving home to join the military at a young age and opening myself up into that world and going off, you know, when most people are in college, I'm filling out my will, you know, because I might not come back. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's just the, the amount of stuff that's gone on and everything else that I've done. It's just, I've had to work for absolutely everything that I've had. And, uh, it's, it's taught me so many lessons about honor and respect and gratitude, um, for everything. And when I can have those people around me that understand that, that they're not encouraging me to push the easy button, um, uh, you know, it, it's just more meaningful because they understand, they get it. They understand of like, yeah, this, there is no easy button for this and call it what it is. And they'd be honest with you. And, not only do they call it what it is, but then some, you know, most of the time they're like, oh, and by the way, I'll help you through this or I'll give you some guidance. And it's legit, honest, like things that empower you, encourage you, you know, and yeah, you have to still put in the work. Don't get me wrong. I had to put in the work, but I had great people in my life that help, you know, I don't want to say safety net, but they help put those pieces together for me in that vision when I was blind. So. Yeah. What is it they say? You can't get someone else to do your push-ups for you. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. I mean, I never, yeah. you know, I really like that saying. Not that <laughs> I like doing push-ups. There's, um, there's an interesting thing, Mike, in like a lot of the, the teams, the military teams, sporting teams and friendships, my marriage, it's a really interesting thing. Like no one would willingly choose to have these hard times. You know, you're saying you've never chosen the easy button and like, I don't, to be honest, I don't think I know anyone who has, you know, I don't think that those people have really fulfilling and wholesome lives. Like 
I think there's something that comes to all of us, like these relationships we're talking about, building your circle and having uh, great people around you and great relationships. It's something about having a shared hard time. I think that is, it's like a key facet of any relationship that is going to be generating these, you know, these words like trust, sharing, empowerment, encouragement, honesty, some of the, the other things that I said. And, and, and the military is huge on it, you know, that whole collective suffering, oh. <laughs> hard times that you get through. And th- those people are like your people, you know, and there's something about having gone through stuff when the chips are down, uh, you know, genuinely hard times. But th- those people have got you back. So I was just sort of thinking that that would be the next level of what we're talking about here about how do these shared hard times build the relationship? Like how can going through things with people rather than, you know, everyone's plate's full, no one has spare time, but when someone's firing a flare or reaching out a hand to you or you're the one reaching out a hand to someone else asking for help, how that can really cause that relationship to flourish. And there's wow. elements around there's elements around trust, increased trust, like I'm trusting this person, I'm asking for help, or they're trusting me, asking for help. There's going to cause that trust to flourish. There's going to be increased understanding and empathy between the two people or the, the team having had that shared suffering and pressure come down and been able to endure and deliver together that you're going to have an insight into these other people and their backstory and their emotions and what they're really like, what their resilience is like. The third one being that teamwork and collaboration again, you know, n- none of us can ever get through these things on our own. And whether that teamwork is in a marriage or in a family or in a, a friendship, a sporting team or work, team a, a combat team like yours Mike that pulling your strengths you know being aware of where your weaknesses are and being able to offset them with the other person's strengths like in my in, in my marriage it might shock people there's one super super organized person who's like just an admin demon and then there's me <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like don't fight it let's just everybody recognize what our strengths are and be like big enough to say, Hey, you know what? There are areas here where you're better at these things than I am, you know, and when it comes to fun, come to me. I'm your your friend, but if you want stuff organized, Chez is the one to knock on the door. So (laughs) teamwork, teamwork and collaboration and then enhanced communication. I know that when Cherry and I went through our period and then neonatal unit with, with Annie, now 173 days uh, when Annie was super prem, we just had to learn whole new ways to communicate. And, you know, I've heard it said that the relationship only exists in the communication and those hard times, you just have to be able to get stuff out, get your concerns out, get your emotions out, get into that problem-solving state, hmm. get into the, the strategies, you know, coping strategies. So that's the communication piece. And the last one is that these shared hard times will cause resilience. They will generate growth. They'll be, you know, that pressure sometimes needed to transform a coal to a diamond, you know, that old cliche, but there's opportunities for learning and stuff that can occur and that will only occur. You're only going to figure out how to be the best version of yourself that you need to be to solve this problem when you're doing it in a team under pressure. So I had a couple of points there that it was trust, uh, empathy and understanding, teamwork and collaboration, the enhanced communication and then resilience and growth as being five ways that under a shared um, tough experience like military training, like serious health challenge inside a family, like dealing with teenagers, could be many things on, on, on how you can, on why those things help develop the, the relationships. Did you have any insights there? I know I'm jump throwing it on you, but you've definitely are someone who's got so much experience, Mike, in this exact thing, the, the pressure and the hard time and coming through with a relationship on the other side that is stronger and more life-giving and, um, you know, with stronger bonds and everything on the other side. Have you got any insights there 
into how these things can help cause these relationships to flourish or, you know, ways you've seen those things flourish in your experiences? Yeah, no, there's a lot of things going, man. You know, all all great points. I really like those five. Uh, and and thing that popped in was, you know, it's really not a surprise in certain environments that certain things are just reinforced and that they're so strong afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, military training. Okay, we'll keep it right there. Uh, you already said it. You know, you get beat together. You get smoked. You get smoked together. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a reason for it is like, Hey, if one person pays, we all pay. Cause we're all going to be on the battlefield together. We're all, we're all going to be in the suck together. It's it, and, and we got to pull each other out, you know, and that gets reinforced every damn day. And everything that you do is like, you will be there. And, you know, sitting here, think about it, man. It's physically, it's combat related, uh, all that stuff. And it, and look at the look at the brotherhood of the the sisterhood that comes from that training. It's so damn strong that you have to admire mm-hmm. it. But what lacks there, and what you know, <laughs> analytically, you know, look at the numbers out there of uh, mental health problems and what's going on mm-hmm. in relationships. So basically, what I what I get from it is we could be really great teammates. We could be phenomenal uh teammates when it comes to war hey you want me to go breach a door with you dude i'm i'll, I'll be your number two uh do you you want to jump out of a plane yeah hey dude i'm right there next to you you know whatever it is oh you're in a gunfight guess what i'm in the gunfight no question why is it so damn hard that we can step back and we're going hey man i'm having the shit day of my life because i don't know what to do with my significant other or my children or this that whatever and someone's like oh bro hey shit fucking come out to the bar tonight, you know, like, let's have a good, let's tie one on, bro. You know, it's like, there's no connection there. And it's very simple. We don't, we don't practice it enough. Uh, You know, you rehearse and rehearse and rehearse for war. You're guess what? You're going to be very good at war. You're going to be very good at combat. You're going to be really good in that combative mindset and being a warrior. Mm -hmm. Great. But as we've discussed many other episodes, being a tender warrior, uh, you also need to talk about the other things and you need to practice them and train to them. Uh, you know, like I just had this conversation with Melon yesterday and I'll open up about it a little bit. Uh, I'm not ashamed of it because it's just, I live with it, <laughs> you know, it's who I am. But, you know, I told Melon, I said, you know, sometimes I struggle with like being alone and wonder if I am ever going to have like a wife again or uh, children of my own. Um uh, and it really bothers me. But at the same time, I remember a long time ago when I stepped into this this job, this lifestyle is it's a warrior's life. And it's one of meaning, meaningfulness and, and sacrifice. And I said, you know, Melon, sometimes I go back and forth, but it passes through my mind about, you know, I I always say that I don't have things or I've never won anything or uh, you know, that I feel bad for myself sometimes when I'm on the road and I'm training so much and I see everybody else out having a great time on their boat or Memorial Day weekend or having a barbecue. Or it's like, oh, I'm getting to go have fun and enjoying all these meaningful times and I'm just grinding my ass away. And it's just, it sucks. I mean, I'm just sitting there just like, fuck, you know, I want to be out on a boat with my family too, damn it. You know, I want to have some barbecue. I want to be throwing yeah. water balloons at my nephews and smack them in the face. You know, like I wanted to be doing that all too. And instead it's a text message home saying, hey, I'm sorry, I can't be there. Hey, I'm sorry, I missed this event again. Hey, I'm sorry, I missed the, the birthday. Hey, I'm sorry, this. And, you know, I go to the thought is maybe maybe that's my, my role. Maybe that's my purpose is um, giving up all of that so that other people can have it. And these people in my life that I know are doing that make it a point to reach out to me and, you know, like I said, I have hard times. Those are the people that make it known that, you know, Mike, if if it wasn't for guys like yourself and your teammates doing what you're doing all the time, then we couldn't do this. And I and just want you to know we're grateful for you. Um, having those types of conversations, man, open up so many other things that become naturalized, uh, like our conversation mm-hmm. on uh, about this yesterday and 
And it's, it's training to it. You know, if you constantly train and expose yourself to hard training, no matter whether it's emotional, physical, whatever, it becomes routine and it becomes a second part of your life and it just flows and it's a balance. And, um, you know, and, and it just changes your perspective on, on, on life and what you have and what you're doing. And, you know, I, I told Mel, I said, dude, um, what were we talking about? Something about a lottery, you know, it's just like, oh man, like what if you got something by lottery and it's just like, is it really that worth it or doing whatever? And I told him laughingly, I was like, dude, I've never won anything in my life. You know, like I put in raffle tickets for things that I've really wanted or a contest and I've never won. I've just never won. Like, I don't know if I'm just the worst luck ever, but I've never won anything. And then as we were talking and I was like, dude, but how wrong am I? Because I've won friendships. I've won respect. I've won the trust mm -hmm. of others. I've won at some points in my life, the love of a woman. Like I have won. I, I won my dream job you know, and that I'm still mm -hmm. doing how many people can say they're doing their dream job and, and continue to do it for, you know, 16, almost 17 years. It's like, I've won a lot. And like, why mm -hmm. am I comparing to this other shit that has a price tag when this stuff is priceless? You know, it's, it was just a great conversation, man. And just, you know, some of my points right there were, um, you know, that was what Melon and I talk about, dude. It's just not on the show or anything. That's just how we talk sometimes. And it's very meaningful to me. Changes my life every day. I remember that. Uh, there was a quote from, it was attributed to Chris Carl, the subject of the movie American Sniper, talking about that there's three types of people, that there's, there's sheep and there's wolves. And the wolves are the, evil people, the bad people try and take advantage and hurt the sheep. But there's that third group, which are the, the sheepdogs, the wolfhounds. They've got to get out there and they've got to be bigger and stronger and tougher and more professional and all the rest of it than that. Than the wolves and that they keep they keep society inside that safe space, you know, and and, and that's so many of our listeners, the first responders, the thin blue line of the police force, the paramedics and clearly all the military people that are providing the space that allows community to flourish that allows to have spaces where we have father's day and you have those barbecues and so on that you're talking about hmm. and and it's a it's such an honorable thing that you, you do you and so many other other people out there that listeners and to be the people who who are providing the space for families to occur for this Western liberal democracy, this life that we live, where we get to choose the leaders. It's not the strongest guy with the biggest axe who's taking everything from everyone and telling everyone what to do. No, we get to choose who the leaders are. And if we don't like them, we get rid of them. I mean, what a crazy idea that is. And we need people like you out there doing what you do for us, mate. And honestly, I speak for our community. I know I speak for my family. When I thank you for what you do and what you give up and for your busted up knees and ejacked up back <laughs> and everything else and all the time and all the sacrifice and, you, you know, I'm making a lot of it, but, you know, it's really from the heart. It's it's a really big deal and, and I, I want everyone listening because there's a lot of people who are family, members of veterans and serving military and uh, first responders to really take that on board and to just reach out and thank the people around them who are making sacrifices for the rest of us. And, you know, I really appreciate what you do, man. And it's a very, it's a very special thing. And I know that there's people in your life who really let you know with little babies, like the amazing home camps and those people. Yeah. Yeah. They're just amazing people that never seem to let me down when it comes to stuff when I need it the most, you know, and, and I think, I think that's another part of the conversation that we went into, man, is, you know, accepting now versus accepting a unforeseen future. And I know we yeah. talked about that, you know, and, you know, basically what I just talked about was my reality, like where I'm at in my life right now and not having a family, but going away for all this time and sacrificing and just being away and missing so much stuff. I mean, like, 
yeah dude it takes a toll on me <laughs> like i said i want to be out in the water and having a good time at a barbecue and a birthday and seeing little babies born and weddings and everything else like dude i want that more than anything you know but i still have this commitment that i want to do for the future um and i and i'm you know you try to accept the now for what it is yeah and it may not be what you want right now but you have to acknowledge like this is where i'm at and this is my reality and what i'm doing and you know one of the conversations i'll flip it over to mel in there is like you know they're talking about moving back to australia and uh, moving back to Melbourne and building a house and everything like that. And of course, it's like great future plans and an endeavor. And it's taken a while just because of the way the economy is going and everything's raising prices and, you know, nuts. And, uh, you know, mm. in our conversation, Melon, you were saying, it's just like, you know, I want this house pretty bad. You know, I've been saving for it. I've been planning for it and all this other stuff. And I asked him, I said, yeah, but you know, what if what if it's not meant to be that way? What if it's meant for something else? And then like, what's really important to you? Mm. You know, no matter what happens with this, like what's the most important thing, Melon? And what did you tell me? It's, it's so clear, Mike, that um, all these things, this whole conversation around relationships versus things and these intangibles that you can't buy versus material or money or whatever. And, you know, like we've been out here for a reason. I'm trying to provide for my family and especially my daughter with a vision impairment. That's something that I've taken super seriously right from the very beginning when she was born. But I really, it's super clear to me that I could take everything I've scraped and saved and um, grafted. And I'm like you, you know, when my dad passed away, there wasn't any money, man. Like we just we we weren't we weren't poor. We ate somehow. My mum kept our body and souls connected and a roof over our head. But it was it was tough. It was it was a very tough. There wasn't any excess, and so when I get to where I am now, and I just think I've worked for a long time to provide for my family, I think this is not the most important thing. I could take all of this down to zero. And with my, you know, skills and my experience and my character, I could earn enough money to put a roof over my family's head for the rest of their lives. I could put food on the table and I could pay the bills and pay the taxes. And the most important things in my life, being those kids and my wife and our relationship with each other. And I'm not just talking about like the base level of, survival you know protection safety water and food i mean like all of maslow's hierarchy education and self-esteem all the way to self-actualization of my kids i can provide that and i don't need to have material goods to do it now it's going to be a different outcome that i can provide if i can be in a position where i have assets behind me it's a different life but the things that are most important to me the things that i value the most are totally safe from external threats because none of this matters. Like none of it matters as long as my family are okay. There it is. As long as my kids are okay, as long as my wife is okay, I can deal with anything and, and we can all deal with all the challenges in life. It It really says a lot, you know, and let's all take a step back here and think about that. You know, we, we have uh, say we have a very rich material life, right. And everything's going great. You're out on the boat every weekend and you're just living a life and everything's uh, fun and games, you know, whatever, which is great. Hey, live your life. I'm not saying that, but then one of your children gets sick or your parents get sick or something significantly happens outside of your control where it's a detriment to an important person in your life or to that relationship, everything changes, everything. Yeah. And Melon, you know, shared with me, I asked him on father's day, you know, I was like, Hey, what is it like being a dad on father's day? You know, like it's one of those things I just love seeing, you know, when fathers light up and their kids are crawling all over them. And, you know, I sent some pictures from my teammates to, to Melon. I was like, dude, how cool is this? And it's just like, we just got off the road and surrounded by children and playing and laughing with daddy. And, 
I mean, it, it warms my heart. It really does to like see that. And, you know, I was like, Melon, what's it like? And he's just, you know, talking about it. And, you know, it was just some, some great lessons uh, within there about being, you know, it's, it's that relationship. It, it's being there. It's being present. Uh, and like you said, there's, there's nothing, there, there's nothing there that could persuade you otherwise than just having that person in your life. There's no amount of money. Mm -hmm. There's no, um, there's no job or anything else. And it's just how many, how many times have you heard people of like, yeah, I had the dream job of my life lined up, but my, my kid was sick or my, my mother was sick and I had to move and take care of her because that's, that's what truly matters, you know? And at the end mm -hmm. of the end of your life, you're not sitting there thinking like, well, I, you know, I'm glad that I took that job and I let that person, you know, fade away or, uh, that I didn't mm -hmm. spend the quality time I should have with them, or I didn't appreciate them while they were around or this, that, whatever, but Hey, I made a few extra bucks or Hey, I, I had, I got some, uh, fame out of it, you know, whatever, which fades really quick. Like no one, no one gives a shit, <laughs> you know, it's ultimately, and man, it just, it just really brings you down to earth when you hear stories like that and listening to Mellon yesterday, talking about how we've used Michael and Annie and, you know, he really just to sum it up, he was like, I don't really care what happens as long as the four of us are together, you know, and I, and I, I know that to be true because of his character and who he is and his values. And I know how hard he's willing to work for them and what he's willing to sacrifice for them. Would you tell me, Mellon, uh, love and love and what? So it was, um, my wife, Jerry's grandfather is a great man. He's a professor of mathematics and uh, Korean war artillery officer. Just a, a great man. He was like my dad. He's one of the very few men that I really, really look up to as a mentor and as a he a man of very strong faith as well. He said that suffering, you take suffering and you add love, it's transformed into sacrifice. And that we can endure anything when it's a sacrifice. When there's a presence of love there, the suffering is transformed. And the context was the nuclear rods that I've got inside me that can drive me to. I can honestly, I, I I really feel like I'm unstoppable when I know that I'm doing something for my children, and I, I and I really I know that people think like this about their own families. I think it's a very, I think this is the human experience. Actually, this is the reason why we have electricity and walls and roads and stuff is because parents, mums and dads have just achieved miracles to make life a little bit better for their kids. And that's that's certainly how I feel. And it's that sense of you can carry any load, you can endure the suffering when you know that there's love attached to it and you've got that sense that there's a sacrifice that's worthwhile, it's meaningful. Well said. Very well said. Um, I think right before we hit the record button, you know, it's just like asking asking for certain things in our life, maybe with, uh, without putting the work in or without having the understanding of it, but we, we know we want it. You know, we're sitting there talking about recognizing our, our, our present, the people that are in it, the relationships that we have being grateful mm -hmm. and appreciative of those conversations and what we have versus, well, yeah, it's great and everything, but it's not what I want for my future. Um, when in relation to it, you, you might have everything you want right now. If you take a step back and look at it, you know, mm. like you ask different people at different times in their life, man. And they're, it's going to be like talking to completely different human beings. You talk to a young 18 year old person that's healthy and got their whole life ahead of them and everything else. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm Superman. I can do anything. Nothing will ever hurt me. I'm fine. And then you ask an, you know, an 80 year old person, that can barely walk and that has health issues. And they're just like, Oh, you know, I'm able to get up and walk around and just pick up my grandchildren. Like I'm, I'm completely free, you know, like I, I'm still grateful versus like all this other crazy stuff going on. And it just changes perspective about how that works and you know, whatever, but something uh, I listened to Mike Tyson once in a while. Uh, you just want to talk about a freaking transformation of a, of a human being. <laughs> I know. 
Uh, Mike Tyson from the eighties and nineties was all jacked up on all the every substance known to man and going to prison. I was just a terrifying human, and now we've got this like philosopher poet with his still funny sort of high pitched voice and just the wisdom that that guy has got on the other side of just. I really feel like he's like he finally conquered the, the, his biggest foe, and it was himself. Yes. Yeah, and I really like how he speaks about, you know, he was a boxer, he was a warrior, he was a badass son of a bitch, man. That was just like, mm-hmm. I mean, he was a mean person. And now you hear him talk, you know, he he won almost all of his fights. He was a feared fighter, and he knew yeah. it. And he was very cocky about it, and that's how he lived his life. Um, he very openly comes out now and says, yeah, I won those fights, but but life ultimately beat the shit out of me and humbled him you know i I mean i don't know how many listeners out there really know about mike tyson's story but you know he had drugs to deal with he had people that stole from him that got really close acted like they were friends and then just abused him uh his daughter was killed um i think she was hit by a car or something like that and then he had to deal with that pain uh and everything else you know and now he's just openly admits he's like you know people liked me and you know gave me respect because they feared me, not because they loved me. And he's like, I never want to be that that mm-hmm. man again. And I never want to have that man come out again because I know how bad he will really be. And I really like the quote that he said, sometimes mm-hmm. God gives you exactly what you want to see if you can handle it. And damn, you know, <laughs> we, all, we all think we know what we want when we want it. And really, if you were given it right now, do you think you'd be able to handle it? Do you really think you'd be able to fully understand it, appreciate it, be grateful for it? You know, no struggle, right? Are you really going to be appreciative and grateful for something if there's been no struggle, if there's been no attempt yeah. to, to achieve it, you know, versus just, oh, yeah, hey, you you woke up today. Here's a here's a brand new car, you know, or, oh, hey, here you go. Here's a family, you know you ain't got to worry about anything. You don't need to know anything about communication, relationships, trust, love or anything, but yeah, here's a family, you know, yeah, here's a couple kids, you know, throw them out there at your convenience, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's crazy how life will just humble you, you know? Such good points, Mike. I really appreciate you taking the time given what you've been going through in the last little period to make the time for us and for our audience. And I really, I really appreciate uh, all of our listeners spending the time with us and taking the, taking the time to think about stuff that's important in life. And, and this topic of building your circle and having intention around relationships, I really feel like the quality, the quality of your life can be determined by the quality of the relationships and the people you have around you. And, I really hope we've been able to lay out a few ways to build these relationships and what's important about them and why shared times are, you know, such a common training tool used by every organization, especially the military, to to bring teams together. And remember, it's the June Mental Health Month. There's people out there doing it tough and there are relationship strands that we can all look at and be like, you know what? I can just send a text, I can make a call, I can try and strengthen that connection there, reel someone in. I can be a support net for other people. I can help build my own support net. So to that end, you know, we encourage you guys to share the podcast out, send it to someone who needs to hear it. Um, leave us a review, send us uh, questions. We love getting the questions in from you guys. And uh yeah, just before we wind up, was there anything else you wanted to to leave the listeners with, Mike, just before we wind up this week? Oh, always this point, man. There's so many things after conversations like this that just flood me, you know, but it, it's <laughs> it's good, dude. It's good. You know, it's it's the start of my day. I have a couple errands to go run. And honestly, I'm just going to enjoy the evening before I go back to work and, you know, take kind of take time. I'm already reflecting on the future about what I want to do. I might go home for a few days to Pennsylvania and I have a vision of floating down a river on a kayak and just being peace and quiet in nature and just, <laughs> man, like seriously, that's like my heaven right now thinking about it. But no, I, I just I don't I really like these uh, these discussions about 
real, real friendships, real relationships, what really matters in life, because there's something new every day that just pops up and it's just like, oh, another stressor. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, man, this sucks. Oh, great. More traveling. Oh, great. More getting the shit beat out of me, you know, and just going about it. But the focus goes there just because of uh, the requirement of it. But at the same time, man, it's just important for all of us to stop and like really think about today and where we're at, what we truly have, who's in it, why they're in it, who they really are as people. Like, I really know who Melon is. I really know who Raph is, um, you know, and a bunch of other my my very close friends. I, I really know who they are in their in their their soul. And I know what they're in my life for. And I'm I'm just grateful for them. And I just would encourage all of all of you out there to take, you know, take one minute, one stinking minute of your time and message somebody, you know, just say, Hey, I just thinking of you say, thank you, you know, or I just want to let you know, like, I appreciate you and everything you did or tell someone you love them. Just little things, you know? Um, yeah. It, it's important, you know, and it's, we're all, we're all struggling. We're all trying to figure out something, but little, little act to kindness maybe today and just remind each yeah. other that, Hey, you, you mean something to me. There you go. Everyone marks light down the challenge. If you think of someone, like 30 seconds and just send them a message. Let them know you love them. That's what you need to do. Well, thanks. And until next week, take care. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great week.